Well, well, you know what they say. For every broom that is used to sweep you under your feet, you have little uh, Mary Poppins hoping whatever she has in her mouth is going down. Because, uh, bloody Mary, I be popping that cherry. <laughs> I just came up with that. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. That's what we do on this podcast. Make a lot of sexual innuendos at the expense of women's fertility and cleansing, self-cleansing. Because I am a douchebag. Because I will cleanse everything that's wrong within you. And I'll fuck up your pH balance. So yeah. Drink your alkaline water, ladies. Alright. Welcome to episode 218 of the Hoffman Beat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. But most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Oh, yeah. Recording this on September 17th, technically, yeah, September September 17th. At 12.17 a.m. Eastern, about halftime of the Colorado game, which apparently Colorado football is, like, the most interesting thing in the world right now. Like, literally, there was someone on YouTube. Nah, I don't want to out them, but you know what? Fuck it. Um, (laughs) Don't give me that look, you dirty cat. Um, But the people, you know... That will straight college football. Like the, I think the thing is like with college football, there's so many games and there's not really much of a TV right. Like the TV companies don't really care that much if people are just live streaming the fucking games because there's no like college football pack, you know. Or like NFL, like if you show like ten seconds of a game, your account gets banned. The you know the FBI showing up to your house. And you're going to prison for 15 years. Um, and then you get your pension taken away because you're a former player. But since you know your uh, health care doesn't go on forever since you didn't exceed the minimum amount of years that you played. Because you know you now have brain damage and Alzheimer's. And so you're just trying to make a quick buck. But... Yeah, college football does not care. And, like, literally, this dude was live streaming the game. He started a week or two ago. Like, the first Colorado game that was streamed, it was literally, like, he was, like, actively 70,000 people on this YouTube channel. Like, not a big name, not a lot of subscribers. Now the dude already has 100K subscribers. Literally, as I was illegally watching the game, I don't there was 170,000 of us, you know, inconsiderate fucks to these TV networks that are stealing money from them, right? And, you know, well, also now I think about the NFL, it would really be hard to stream an NFL game when the, the Sunday ticket package is literally part of the NFL. But uh, let's just say that's not how I get my NFL games. And I'm not outing myself because it is 
a lot of people that do the same. If a lot of people commit the crime, that means none of us do the time because that's a lot of paperwork. You know what? Don't blame me. Blame your prices. Woo! Yeah. Uh, I had to take some pre-workout for this episode. Because you know what? I want my energy to be on point. I realize I've been a little deficient in the energy department, you know? Because I got a lot of enemies. And I got a lot of people trying to drain me. Um... That's what happens when you work 54 hours in a fucking week. You feel drained. Well, you know, actually, my father used to work 78 hours, you pussy. It's like, yeah, but, you know, at least, uh, at least there was a lot of benefits when you worked 78 hours back in the day. Um, (laughs) nowadays, you know, you work. People that work 70 hours and literally still in debt. Like, that's crazy. And, you know, oh, get a higher paying job. All right. But not everyone. There's only so many positions of higher paying jobs. Um, But, you know, I will say an observation I've made is, you know, I've noticed this recently in my uh, my occupation. Right. Like, I'm a very observant person. And you you see lots of type of people, you know. I work at a job where it's people of all age ranges, all different types, backgrounds. You get happy people, depressed people, people that you might think um, might uh, hurt some people um, <laughs> if you say the wrong thing. So, you know, you get everything in a bag of plantains, right? And... I think the relatable thing we all, most people, if you've worked enough places, is the person that has the person that's working all day at these jobs, like fifteen hours. They're typically older individuals, and they don't have a wife. They don't have kids per se, or they're probably divorced. Maybe they have kids, but you know, maybe they're older or whatever. It's a weird phase in your life where. If you if you're like in your if you're like middle age but you have children, even if you don't like your job, it makes it where it's like you feel that responsibility in a service. That even if you hate your job, at least you know when you're done with the day, your purpose is waiting at home for you. Jeez, look at Clint sounding gay as hell. Um, <laughs> now there's anything wrong with being gay, but I'm just sorry. So getting rid of my. Uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, shit, I can't even think of the name. Fuck. You know what I'm talking about, where we ain't shit. Um, misogynist. Even though I know that's not really misogynist. Just immature and childish, right? But, you know, when, when you have children, you have a family, it makes all that working worthwhile or at least you can rationalize it to yourself of why you're doing what you're doing to yourself then you get to that age where you're probably in your mid you start getting to that early 60s range where you don't have kids that you have to take care of anymore you're divorced maybe you never had any of that but for whatever reason you're in a financial situation where you have to work 
and you just see it. You see it on their faces. You see in their body language. You see it. And it makes me look at, like, damn, like, how do I prevent becoming that person? I don't mean preventing becoming that person that has to work and all that shit. But I mean becoming that so disconnected from life. Becoming that so drugged down where it just feels like you're doing all this just for minimal return. Like, how do you avoid that? I don't know people's financials. So I don't know any of that. I don't know people's personal situation, right? But it makes it where it's like, you know, oh, you know, everyone just needs to work and all this shit. And it's like, now I kind of like, you know, if you get to that point in life, it's like, I'm doing all this to barely have anything. It's like, I might as well do nothing and just have a little less and live on the street, right? When you get to a certain point in your life, it's like, because the quality of your life still isn't great. And I don't know. It's just an observation I made where I feel a lot of, I feel for, you know, people that get to that point in their lives where it's like, they're just doing it because they kind of have to, but they don't really have a purpose or a reason beyond just, I got to just pay some bills or whatever the situation is like. I don't know. Just observation I made. But any, anywho, welcome to Whoville. Um, <laughs> who goes there? Uh, Santa Claus? Is uh, Santa your lawyer? Because uh, I recommend he put a clause in your contract to pay your child support. Um, <laughs> see, that's how we know Santa isn't real. Because every guy with child support, be like, you know what? Just give them child support for the year. <laughs> um, <laughs> Santa is the definition of like an interest loan. He's like, hey. Here's all this shit you're stocking for your kids. Oh, that's great. He's like, yeah, but you have to pay it all back and then some because I just took it out of your account and then you have to pay it back with interest because you didn't expect this. Um, it's like, hey, hey, how about you just pay my $10,000 I owe in child support this year? And he's like, oh, that's not what the Christmas spirit's about. It's about giving them these Tonka toys. It's about giving them these uh my little ponies. Um <laughs> It's like all right, well how about you pay half the child support and give the kid a bike and call it a day? He's like, eh, kids are too fat for the bikes. Um <laughs> It's like that's how you know Santa does is like, well, Santa's there to actually bring the joy in life, you know. Santa's supposed to represent the uh taking out the all responsibilities it's just supposed to be the kid like santa's supposed to be the little kid in you he's supposed to be like oh makes kids feel kids the joy a kid is well i guess that's why a kid is nothing out of here's hey son here's ten thousand dollars i'm gonna pay in child support even though your mom already met someone who makes three times as much as i ever made and could easily afford but because they won't claim you as their uh, depending on their taxes, I'm fucked. So here you go, son. That'd be a weird explanation, right? And your son just be looking like, huh? But then when he gets 33 and Ari has 
two kids with two different women and realize that situation. He's going to look back on that situation and be like, damn. I should have listened to my dad. He was laying the foundation and I didn't want to, and I just didn't want to listen. It's like these uh, kids or these people that take steroids before they even ever actually squat more than 10 times in life and establish at least a 200 pound squat. And they're like, let me just inject this shit. Um, <laughs> you know, it's all about building the foundation, right? That's what they say. You got to build the foundation before you uh, take her to pound nation. <laughs> because that's why typically kids are put in neglectful situations, right? But no, you know what? No good kid has ever came from a father who couldn't squat 225. That's a fact of life. Bro code. That's bro science. Um, <laughs> that'd be like, you know, see, like we used to have the fitness tests, like in schools and stuff, right? The, you know, they used to have the fitness level tests and all that shit. The minimum that you had to get, like, oh, you had to run X, you had to run a mile within seven and a half or eight minutes or whatever, or you had to do, you had to be able to do fifty sit ups in a three minute span or do. You know, 20 push-ups without stopping, you know? And, you know, these standards. What if we actually... It's like, okay, you know what? These adults that want to talk about to these kids in here. You know what? I'm protecting the generation below me. The kids that get shitted on for their for the school's low standards of health and shit. I'm coming after you old folks. And not real old, but... You know, the 30 plus, the 40 year olds I always talked about when I was uh, when I was a kid, we had to go to gym class and dribble between the legs and dunk, you know, and dunk on a 12 foot goal to prove, you know, those type of people. It's like, you know what? Fine. You want to hold kids that are nine years old and to make sure they can do 20 push ups for no fucking reason. Go ahead. But you know what? Next time. You impregnate someone or you get pregnant. How about we hold you to a fitness level test? Because like, oh, if they don't have the foundations, like, well, all right, let's see if that foundation is still within you. So you know what? If you can't do by the day that your child is born, if you can't do, let's just say as a guy, if you can't do 18 push-ups without stopping and you have an actual person they're the have the ruler to make sure you go low enough. And if you can't get 18 push-ups off three different separate attempts, you could try this set. Then you know what? You are not the father. And not only that, you are on the hook for child support, but you can never see your child because you are such an imbecile and a bad influence, right? What if we did that? Huh? If you don't hold these kids to a high standard. Hold yourself as a grown-ass adult to the highest standard. It's where we hold these kids and these young generations to these crazy standards of you got to do better than us even though we didn't set a foundation for you to actually be able to realistically have the time or opportunity to do better than us. Um, We're going to need you to say, hey, fuck what you did, but be better, right? Like, all right. Since that's what we're doing, whoo, I'm farting like a, farting like a bag. Um, I'm just saying, 
Just in general, don't hold people to a higher standard than you to yourself. It always amazes me. You know? Like Jesus. And look, I understand age, you get old, life changes. You know, you have priorities now, whatever the fuck that means. So you can't spend eight minutes when you wake up belting out a few narrow push-ups on your carpet before you put your slippers on. Like, you know what? I get it. It's inconvenient. But you know what? Whatever. You'll be the same people that blame TV, that blame these companies for influencing your child, for liking, you know, the trans blue clues and dressing up in drag, when if you would have just shown you could do some push-ups, maybe they wouldn't be dressing up in drag. You're dragging your kid down, and that's why they wear drag. Yeah. Whew. Clint's getting into it. Oh, Jesus. Uh, this podcast will be bought by Spotify within the next three years. I am manifesting it. Since, you know, people are in this manifesting culture. If you just say shit out loud, you're putting out in the universe. And if you say it, that means you'll unconsciously hold yourself responsible. And you will do everything it takes for that to succeed, right? I don't know. I just hate the word manifestation. Manifestation just sounds kind of not straight. I just don't think, I don't know, it's weird saying manifestation as a guy. It's like the definition of like spiritual cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs type of, you know, queens out there, as they say. I'm not going to call them names. I'm just saying you guys are split personality disorder. Um, <laughs> same ones be like, you know what? Um, If they ain't leveling up with you, they're going to level you down and level out your cortisol levels, which honey, which means your fem- your feminine levels, your your feminine uh, acquired traits that God gave you, you will never submit to a man if you don't level up. So, yeah, that's the type of shit they'll be saying. And just putting their face in front of an hour, 18-minute video and just being like, sprinkle, sprinkle. Um, (laughs) um, It's probably like some hex when they do that shit. They put the little... You know, look, and I'm not anti-spiritual feminine energy type of thing. I just think a lot of that shit is very... um, The goal of it isn't really to sell you some spiritual feminine. Or even on the... To make it fair, on the reverse end, these quote-unquote... Spreading the masculine... uh, Not spiritual, because it's not typical what's attached to these type of things, but... These uh, these masculine master classes, we'll just call them, um, where it's like you know, a lot of these things are just the, the, I I just want people to understand like anything compared to gambling, which is some like gambling, anything that is offered for a discount for you, nothing is done with the sole focus of. You getting the better end of the stick. Alright. If you were being sold a discount. They're benefiting from it. Alright. 
if a gambling website is like here here's $25 just for playing what you know what you know why they give you $25 to bet for free cuz they know you're going to spend that and then you're going to double down more but like, oh I can win a shitload today it's human nature it's psychology and these people really think that they're selling you about your life something they have no direct knowledge to telling you like hey you just need to do better Oh, maybe it's your everything around you that's your problem because of the energy that you've given off. It's like, or maybe it's like, you know what? The reason why you're in the situation you're in is because everyone else uh, is holding you back. When it's like, oh yeah, because I didn't know you were the one there assessing the whole situation, psychic Ann. All right. And the, the, these, the audacity of these bitches. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, the thing about these things is that their sole focus is they are selling the most general stuff, stuff to make you feel good and feel optimistic and not actually take responsibility for one situation, but to assess an overview of it's the energy around you it has nothing to do with things that you have done that contribute to your situation not being easier. It is, oh, it's something out of your control, which is honestly no different than religion. And all these spiritual guidance are supposed to be where people go that don't believe in religion or have a qualms about religion. And they use all these terms. Oh, you're a goddess. You're a queen. Just open your legs and let them get in between and you'll get everything you need. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, that's probably the most realist advice that they probably could get. Um, <laughs> poke it back and they'll poke your account. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's a lot of rationalization, which is no different than religion. When you get caught in that cycle of everything will be all right as long as you just do as I say, and follow my guidance. Doesn't really sound a whole lot different now, does it? But yeah, anyways, moving on. I'm, I'm trying not to stay on the topic too long. I realize it's annoying to listen to someone talk eight minutes about the same shit. Because I realized that when I've been listening to shit, I'm like, shut the fuck up. And then I'm like, man, I do that three times worse, actually. But yeah, um... Betty Boop looks like a prostitute, even though I'm pretty sure she's characterized off Marilyn Monroe. And uh, JFK says, ho, 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 she's a, uh, she will definitely assassinate something about you. I didn't know where I was going with that, but uh, let's just say. He, uh, he had trouble dodging a few bullets. <laughs> um, I mean, his wife, you know, to be fair, I, his, you know, it didn't really seem like Jackie Kennedy cared too much about, you know, that. And then that's going to be some guy's rationale. But like, oh, well, honey, JFK had Marilyn Monroe as a side piece. What makes you think I can't have, you know, fill in the blank from uh, Wingstop? Um, cherish. Um, 
can I get a lemon pepper order, please? We got to go to Drake's studio <laughs> for you to get a feature for 10K. <laughs> but your boyfriend's got to stay outside. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've mentioned that story like 18 different times on this podcast, and it never gets old. Um, I, he definitely did slime you out. <laughs> I didn't even know Drake dropped the single. You know, that's I knew Drake was dropping a single, but there was no promotion. There was no Spotify notification. There was no Google alert. Um, Google alert will tell you an album's out when it's not, but won't tell you when an actual single comes out featuring SZA. Ah, Jesus. It was interesting. And, you know, they're saying this upcoming album from Drake is going to be a... It's going to remind us of the old Drake. And the single, I can see why they would say that. Because it's a lot of that take care type of singing. Like, Samuel, take you down. I don't remember all the lyrics. I've only listened a few times. But the high notes is like, damn, Drake. eh." His high notes don't sound the same. It might be all those, as he said in the One Views song. With the DMX sample. I got a house full of alcohol and weed addiction. Well, when you hit the high notes, it sounds like it. But your bars are still bars. And then in the song, he just decides to do like the cardinal corny rule. But Drake can get away with it. And honestly, it kind of sounds like Drake just is kind of at that point. Where in some songs, he's like, I really don't give a fuck how it sounds in terms of beat and rhythm. I just have this cool idea, and I'm going to get it off in an instrumental. And because I'm Drake, I could fucking do it. Because when he did that whole, like, January, then February for the strings and the march in between. And then he, when he got to July, I couldn't stop laughing. Because he said, July, that's when I learned that. July. <laughs> And then all I remember is like December repackaging, like rekind so we could rekindle like a Kindle. It's like, ha, ah, I don't know. That part was even for my Drake love, that part was a little huh. But you know what? It was a nice overall song. It was kind of off putting, but you could kind of tell by the sound. Like, okay, you could see Drake trying to tap back into that old Drake. But you can still tell it's still not like that version of Drake. It's just a similar sound in a way. But yeah. Anyways, I forgot what I was talking about before. I don't know. We'll just move on. Oh, I love me a nice bouncy ball. So when she's doing Pilates, I say, hey, I like pie lattes. Because you're as sweet as pumpkin pie. And let me whip your cream in the shape. All right. Yeah. Oh, my Jesus. Um, apparently, I learned that Iowa has a lot of Russian influence. Because I was informed. I'm not going to get too much of details. But I know someone... That just rang like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm probably going to be moving to Iowa soon. And I'm like, huh, I got a Hawkeye on you. 
Uh, the silence is deafening. And you know, that was a bad joke when the cat didn't even move. Its face one bit is looking the complete other direction in disgust. And I don't know this person. Um, but I bet if I were shake some treats, she would be like, <laughs> I said treats and she's like, hmm. But no, I know someone's moving to Iowa. Just randomly, right? Just, hey, you know what, yeah. By the way, I'll probably be moving to Iowa. Because, let's just say because of a job. But it's the same job they're doing now. But it's just in Iowa. And you know what? I was like, Iowa? He's like, yeah. Because, uh, I was like, why Iowa? He's just like, eh. He's like, I don't have, I, I don't have anyone. The first thing he said to make sure it's good is like, I have no one I'm tied down to. I have no kids. And he's like, you know what? And just because, you know, why not? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. He said, I've lived everywhere in the South. I've looked at California and New York, but the taxes and the prices are insane. He's like, but you know what? Iowa? Yeah, sure. And I was like, huh. Okay. Well, that's where Slipknot's from. So, you know. Nothing could go wrong. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and I was, you know, there was an admiration because at first I was like, you know, at first I'm like, Iowa. And then I'm like, damn. After he explained, I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of a judgmental asshole. And I'm I'm not saying I would never go to Iowa to visit. No. I have nothing against Iowa. But it's like, you could choose anywhere. This fuck, sorry for the interruption. This cat's trying to climb up to kill this friggin' bug. And I've got to look at it for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> like, why is this fucking, why is this cat? <laughs> oh, the dumb things these cats, you know, that, that's what you think. You know, when I'm at work, this is probably what this cat's doing. It sees a slice on the wall. It's like, ooh, playtime. But no, anyway, sorry. Sorry for the interruption. This is how you know this is an un- unedited podcast. Shouldn't take too much pride in that. But um, but yeah, Iowa. Um, I kind of felt like an ass white because I was like, damn, I made this judgment. Like, what? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like yeah, you know, I guess it's just like because, you know, you can always move and have somewhere else, you know. Just somewhere to try. He's like, yeah, I've lived in the South. I've lived in almost all the South states. You know, I just kind of want to try somewhere else. I'm like, I was like, yeah, it's probably the same, like price wise. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's pretty peaceful. And then somebody mentioned me, like going back to the Russian part, is that he said that, yeah, like when I looked up and did a little research, it was like, there's a lot of like Russian, uh, there's like a Russian part, like where the part that he's moving to or where he would potentially be moving to. There's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of Russian, there's a Russian demographic there. And I'm like, in Iowa? I was like, well, <laughs> that's probably where they, uh, it's probably where they hide the Russian spies until they need to be. Summoned for duty. He's like, yeah, actually, probably. And he said it with such a straight face. And I'm like, oh, I was kind of joking. But now I th- but when I thought about it after I said it, I'm like, yeah, actually, <laughs> Iowa would be a good place for that. 
It's like this probably where they try to hide, you know, any Russian spies or anyone that, you know, or people that, you know, migrate to the USA and want to be low key. It's like, yeah, Iowa, you, if you get the Iowa, all the power to you, you just got to stay in Iowa, you know, do what you got to do. Um, and try to avoid Tornado Valley. I'm not sure. Nah, Tornado Alley's not in Iowa. That's like Oklahoma and Kansas. But yeah. I'm pretty sure Tornado Alley is a lot similar like the Bermuda. The Bermuda Triangle. Where it's like... Yeah, you know, obviously it exists because there's been a lot of tornadoes over time. But I don't think like that area specifically, especially now global warming... Those things have probably shifted. I'm not saying global warming exists. I'm just saying it's feeling pretty hot in September. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking like literally last year, like around November, it was literally like single digits. Couldn't even feel my hands at work. Couldn't even feel like had to let my car here for 20 minutes just to go in and out. And now September, a year later, it's, it doesn't feel like there's no gradualness to get cold. Typically, you feel a gradual shift when you get cold. It's not supposed to be the seismic week by week. Like, oh, it was 92 degrees and 84 low. That rains four times a month at most. And just like three days later, 38 degrees. We're having freezing rain. Snow, boy. Um, but yeah. I don't know, Tornado Alley, it kind of seems like a... Because I remember kind of learning about it. It's been a while since I've rehashed on the subject. And you would think I would rehash on the subject before I talk about it on the podcast. But of course, I don't know what I want to talk about on the podcast. So it just kind of came up. And uh, I don't know, Tornado Alley kind of just feels like a... It, it seems pretty coincidental. And it's just like, hey... Yeah, there's a lot of land here, and maybe that's why God made land there, because he knew that tornadoes would just go through there. But no, seriously. Um, yeah, that and the Bermuda Triangle, I'm sure there's some comparisons, because the Bermuda Triangle has actually been kind of debunked in terms of like everyone, like all these planes that go through there, they just disappear with no... With no radar, very like no one's been able to track these boats and these airplanes that go through there and they just disappear from the radar. They could think of some Atlantis paranormal stuff going on. And it's really been debunked that just like, hey, like, yeah, winds are very tight up there. It's a very specific part. You go to certain parts of the day and year. It's very possible that just the clouds, they didn't know where going. Certain things failed. A lot of things have been detected as engine failures. And. Yeah. So a lot of that shit's uh, Unfortunately is probably more coincidental. Than it is. What we want to believe incidental. Right. And because think about it. If like it was truly like that. Why would we keep flying over that stuff. We truly like all these things kept on happening. And I think it was actually proven there was actually another part of the ocean somewhere in the world, specific areas, a couple other regions, that actually have a higher percentage of frequency of disappearing aircrafts, boats, and just missing things that held people in it and disappeared than the Bermuda Triangle. 
That would be like someone going because apparently there's like it was it uh Hurricane Lee or Tropical Storm Lee that's going through certain parts. That'd be like if someone were to yeah, if you were to drive an aircraft through that part, yeah, you know what? Odds are probably not in your favor. It's probably not. And you can't blame because you know that'd be like saying, Oh, tsunamis are created by uh, paranormal from under the under the sea when they just want to make a statement on land. Eh, wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, but yeah, that's a Poseidon of a problem I want no part of. But yepperoo, I got damn boys got some thighs on them. Oh, you could buy my chicken thigh. Because <laughs> it's been basting in vinegar for a week in the fridge, baby. So, you know, it's going to have a nice tangy afterbite. Um, <laughs> give me that orangutan. Dang. Um, <laughs> but yeah. God, let me tell you something. When you start feeling weak as fuck from not eating enough when you are an avid lifter, it's a very mentally challenged thing. Very. Just thought I'd say it. Um, ha <laughs> <coughs> Woo! I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Oh, yeah. Um... So, if you meet a stray iguana and it comes up and starts licking your fungus toenail, um, does that mean National Geographic has the right to record it? Would you rather that or be in the cover of a National Geographic magazine where your toenail is being seductively licked by an iguana. Uh, well, then maybe you'll be a, a, a version of a Joanna man. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Gotta love the WNBA. It's funny how, actually, I remember it was literally like a week ago. It's funny how this podcast, I always say this like on these type of episodes. It's funny this podcast, like, I just say something, and it connects to something I recently observed. Maybe that's why I say it out loud. <laughs> um, but they made this big deal about this WNBA player getting the full max, right? And I know the WNBA doesn't have a high payroll. <laughs> but they made this, like, breaking news. Like, if it was Jimmy Butler that just got a five-year, 230 million max, you know, type of thing. And they say, I forgot the player. That's how much no one really uh, keeps up with these things. <coughs> and they said this player got the maximum contract in WNBA history that equated to $250,000. I was like, Wow. That's fantastic. And I honestly mean that. Like, you know what? 
it just goes to show how far the uh, NBA truly cares about women like Michigan State and their coach because that man just like, <laughs> hey. So apparently the Michigan State coach, by the way, they lost like 41-7 to today, so they might be missing this guy. So he might actually have some leverage here. But literally like a year and a half to two years ago, Mel Tucker signed, hey, stop it. Hey. Sorry. I'm trying to kill cockroach near my book bag. I don't like that. But Mel Tucker signed like one of the biggest college football contracts. Getting paid almost up there as much as like Nick Saban and Dabo. Getting like close. I don't think it was $100 million exactly, but it was pretty damn close for like, you know, these college coaches begin those 8, 9, 10-year contracts, which is like, you know, these 8, 9, 10-year contracts, it just seems like they never actually are ever a good idea. Like, how about just a 4-year contract? Like, give yourself like, so you don't have to do no crazy 6-year buyout when you fire, when you have to fire. But, so allegedly, and really kind of confirmed, this man was with a staffer. And by staffer, it was like, I think if I remember correctly, like one of the teams, uh, was it like team psych- psychiatrist or something like that? Some counselor of some sort. Maybe like a guidance counselor for the football team. And so a little bit, for example, one story is literally like apparently the first incident happened where she went to, she gave like a speech in front of the team or whatever and all that. Or like, and not long ago, he, he gave her phone and he got her phone number. It was like, Hey, great speech today. And she's like, Oh, thanks. And then he's like, so, uh, would you like to link up? I got a... <laughs> This man said, if you want to come to my hotel room and uh, I could tell you how great that speech was. And uh, let's just say I'm a advocate for free speech and you can have all the free speech you want tonight in here. Now, I believe he's a married man, but no one actually cares about that. I don't even give a fuck about that. Let's focus on the good stuff, right? That's something he has to deal with. But he's basically confirmed like, hey. Everything between us was consensual. So, you know, apparently there was... He, uh... She alleges all this stuff was one-sided. Where it's like, oh, well, we didn't uh, really have... Like, yeah, he called and would say things. But I would always just brush it off and play it off and never give in to it. It's like, you got... Apparently, you guys had a lot of phone calls involved him having phone sex. I would think the first time... If you didn't like what he was saying, you probably wouldn't have accepted the next phone call and all this shit. So it seems kind of weird. And look, let's just let's just call it. They linked up and they had some booty booty goody goody. Not a mess around. Um, they, they like come on. But you know, gotta save face, gotta protect. And she's probably let's be honest. Trying to protect the way she does it because she may be able to get a settlement. And since he has a lot of money that's owed to him. But now apparently they may not owe it all to him. But we know how these legal stuff goes. They're going to fight. His lawyers are going to fight to make sure he gets 
what is guaranteed based off the bylaws he violated and all that shit. And um, he's going to get a decent amount of money and she's probably going to want a chunk of it to settle it out of court. It's kind of weird and I'm not, you know, this is the part where it's like people are victim shame. It's like, it doesn't, you know, this is not a situation where a grown person was a victim. She was never forced to do anything. She negligently, if anything, she was very naive after a certain point. And that's the best you can say about it on her end. Is that she, you know, she had to be worried about her position and all that stuff. So you do things like, yeah, you know, I don't want to lose my job. So I just like let him tell me how a DP wanted to get in my sleeve. You know, I just, I just didn't know what to say. You know, um, these speaking gigs pay a lot, you know. And I wanted to be there for the kids. Um, <laughs> and it's not to say, not to absolve them of anything, but let's just not, I, I just hate these situations. It's very, it reminds me very similar of the Ime Yudoka thing. Except Ime's was a lot more flagrant. He was just like, I'm fucking all y'all. <laughs> Apparently with this, it was just a one woman instance and they allegedly mostly phone casualty situation but i mean come on who who has phone sex multiple times and doesn't think about with the access that he has you think god in his position is just gonna be satisfied with phone sex come on like, maybe the first time while he's sitting in the office and he's up late preparing for Western Michigan. But he's like, man, I know we're going to smash Western Michigan 48-7 to tomorrow, but I need something to smash tonight, you know. Um, and she's like, oh, don't want to get you off your game, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, He's like, look at you looking out for me. That's why you're the team psychic evaluator, wherever the fuck she is. But, you know, and that's the thing, right? It's like the weird thing with these situations is not that people are defending Ime or defending Mel Tucker for doing this when their position of power but what happens is the other people are protected and play innocent when they voluntarily participate in some on very, very many occasions. Especially Ime. Like, these, these women participate in these consistently. All, all the time, according to reports. This wasn't like a one-off or a couple. Like, this happened all the time. And it was consensual. Truly consensual. But then when all the stuff came down, he was chastised. He was essentially, you know, couldn't coach, suspended, fired, but wasn't fired because they couldn't technically do that without paying him. So they wanted to be in control, whatever the bullshit is. And the women were never identified. They were protected like they were victims. And really, they were probably protected because the organization didn't want to find out and embarrass the husbands or whoever because then people would have connected and that would have been a shit show and it would have been embarrassment overall. But it all came back to him 
and everyone else was protected. But the other people weren't victims. They participated in something that they enjoyed just as much. And that's what it seems like with this Mel Tucker situation is it is not to absolve him. If he gets fired, he deserved because he violated his contract and stuff. But whatever happens to him, whatever, it's going to happen. But to absolve them and make them feel like a victim where they're going to get some settlement saying, oh, the stress this has caused me, the defamation on my image, it's like... You called him daddy. Like, <laughs> like, hey, I don't know what to tell you. Um, you like a man in charge. And uh, now he's about to charge it to the game. And that, kids, is how you fuck up a multi-million dollar contract. Um, <laughs> guys, sex fucks up everything for guys. Especially with money. But you know what? Honestly, I get it. If you have that, I mean... Broke homeless dudes cheat on their girlfriends. Like, you expect these guys getting paid $70, $80 million a year on the road with the stress of the world on them? And not look at a, you know, a good-looking guidance counselor and be like, man, the things I would tell her to, you know, make me feel good. Hoo-hoo. Like you do these kids on my team, which is why we're having a very successful run. Right? Um, but yeah. College sports. Gotta love it. Oh, 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 you gotta love it. Ah. Oh, my nose is stuffy. Stuffier than a stuffed crust, $13.99, Papa John's garlic. Boom. God, Woo. got more yolk in my throat than a egg white carton. Woo. Oh, oh, just pop a hippie. Because I am from the 70s. And I feel like a 70-year-old sometimes. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah. Oh, You know, there's a there's a lot to be worried about out here. And I just want everyone to understand that all your worries are just a worry in the past. Because, you know, good things are on the horizon. I don't know who needed to hear that, but it sounds like a Panda Express fortune cookie. Like, even, you know, fortune cookies. Like, even fortune cookies have a marketed audience. That's what I'm sorry. Like, if you go to a regular takeout Chinese restaurant, the fortune cookie will be actually something that at least have, like, some, like, gratification meaning. Like, something that actually makes you maybe think. Or at least, like, oh, there's at least half a thought put into this. It was not an AI-generated machine. Type of, it wasn't just like a, you type in a couple words in the text message and then it auto-fills the rest. Where that's what these Panda Express fortune cookies are. Like literally the past two times I've gone to Panda Express. One, I opened a fortune cookie with no fortune in it. 
I literally went back and they had this bucket full of fortune cookies. It's like this advertisement to apply there. And I took an actual fortune cookie because that's the only way I could actually get a fortune. And which, by the way, apparently Panda Express is paying a fortune for you to work there. It's kind of insane. But um, so I open open the fortune cookie. And it was something along the lines of some basic ass shit. More basic than a basic white lady in some, you know, uh, relentless brand outfit. Wearing Elysium with those green yoga. It's more like an olive green yoga pants. It's like, I can see your pad through your cooch when you're doing those RDLs. And by the way, keep your knees narrow so your, you know, kneecap doesn't fall out. But, um, shout out. I don't know why I shouted that out. <laughs> That's no shout out. Because uh, it's technically a fail. Yeah. This is why I don't mess with women's body parts. Um, <laughs> just keep your nose clean, kids. Because that's an itch you don't want to get from a boo. Oh, I'm trying to. Whew, that was too easy for the taking. You know what I was going to say. But um, basically the fortune cookie said. Uh, <laughs> I guess really her uh, clam is more like a fortune cookie. Because you pull a fortune out and it says, hey, your attitude is great. And I say, yeah, but that. uh booty is greater uh but um no it'll be something like basically the fortune cookie i wish i had it on me it was something along the lines of you have a winning attitude that's essentially the gist of it if you were to get a real fortune cookie that have the same it would at least say your attitude is what brings a winning culture to everyone that comes in your presence right it would be some weird shit like that where it's like oh it is your attitude makes others feel like you're a winner and it makes them feel like they're attached to greatness or some weird shit like that like (coughs) or it'd be something like your determination will pay off when it's ready or your determination will pay off when you expect it the least. You go to Pan Express, it'll be like, you'll be fine. <laughs> That's it. You'll be fine. They are almost like a YouTuber who is so protective of their brand, so general, like these people that hate Mr. Beast all of a sudden. But it's like you have such a clean image, you don't even want to say anything that could veer in one direction. It's so generic of a sphere of a Venn diagram that there is no one you can offend, and there's no one, there's nothing that makes people feel high or low. It is just, ah, I'll be fine. Because other ones may make you think, it could be like, man, you know. Is my life really worth, you know, doing what I'm doing? Am I really doing what I need to do? And Panda Express, like, just pay for an overpriced over- orange chicken. Just don't look at how much you're paying here. 
you'll be fine. Um, you have a winning attitude. You can afford this. When really it's like, you're not a broke boy. You can buy an extra entree. Um, but yeah. Like even, even fortune cookies are becoming generalized. Like, I, the specificness of fortune cookies is what makes the fortune cookie worthwhile. And they have the audacity to put on the back of the sheet, they put Panda Express trademark logo so no one can like take that shit and market it. Everyone's like, you're really going to trademark You'll be fine. You have a winning attitude. You think you trademarked that? The fucking ego of Panda Express, the thing that they created positive reinforcement. The, ah, oh, you'll be all right. But they trademark it like they created the saying. You didn't create the words. And you're going to profit off it? Like people that, you know, profit off religion when they didn't write a single fucking word or original thought of it. But yet they're the ones making millions of dollars when they've just read the same book that every other person of that religion has read. I don't know. Seems kind of hunky-dory because I'm a hunk. And, uh, hey, I see Dory. (laughs) They still never made a Finding Nemo 2. And there was rumors for like 12 years like Finding Nemo 2 is on the way. It's like, all right. Cool. I think they did make a Dory movie. Well, also, it would be kind of hard to make a movie with Dory because now uh, <laughs> uh, Ellen will probably, uh, you know, make her fishy friends that she's trying to find and make them feel uncomfortable in the workplace called the whole fucking ocean because it'll be the tip of the iceberg. Um <laughs> I don't even know if Ellen is still doing the show. Like, I know there was a big controversy around the way she treated her staffers and her being toxic. It's like, oh, so she was a boss in a workplace? Oh, okay. And I I don't remember all... I, I know she wasn't a great person. And her persona made it worse, like James Corden. Where apparently this dude is fucking just like... The dicks of dick, even if he can't see his own. Um, like, the service store where he treated a restaurant like shit. Like, dude, like, you're... This isn't... Br- Get your hands out of the pan! Jesus, this cat. Like, they only want to do shit when you're busy. Like, they know what they're doing. Yet all day, the nibble in the egg. Hey! Stop it. Sorry, audience. But yeah, um, oh, look at those eyes. But then like now, speaking of another late night, like I've only read, but there was actually rumors about this for years and years. Cause I remember I would see these stories, but I didn't know if they were real, but it'd always be like New York Post or some gossiping type of sites or it'd be like Jimmy Fallon is a drunk. He has a drinking problem. It's like, all you have to do is like kind of just look at him and watch like half a show. Be like, yeah, this dude definitely drinks. But, you know, obviously he's able to do the show or whatever. So no one really cared all that much. But now it's like apparently hit where I don't know if his show's getting canceled or whatever. But 
apparently it's like to a point where it's very concerning. So it's like, oh, a guy drinking in his office before uh, going on his show and doing a deer. Ah, jeez, I forgot that segment. Jesus Christ. But yeah, this cat is licking the eggs. Oh my God. Uh, this is disgusting. I'm sorry. Man, see, I just got sidetracked. You know what? And this is probably about the time a late night show would end where the band would play. So I think this is when I'm going to end because I've literally got a cat licking my cast iron skill that I hand wash, you nasty fuck. God damn it. <laughs> it's crazy the things that this pot. I want to actually talk about a drunk Jimmy Fallon. But you know what? I got to. Take care of this situation. Because I'm about to throw in the Jersey Shore. Reminder, it could always be worse. <sighs> Jay, wow. All right. Uh, well, let's just say Snooky. She's definitely got a smelly cookie. But yeah, that was episode from all the spray tan. Because of all the megalite in it. <laughs> Yeah, that was episode 218 of the Off and Beat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. But most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties and keep your cat out of the kitchen so they don't lick your iron skillet from the leftover egg wax in it. So yeah, that's a burning candle. All right, have a great day.